Streets and Scholars, Alex Alonso and FG here to bring you guys another banger. I got the Eastside General. How's it going, man? Man, what's going on with you, Alex? How your day going? I'm um, just enjoying the, the weather. The weather's uh, vastly improved uh, oh, man. here in SoCal. No doubt, man. It, it, it was so hot. Yes, well, um, it was pretty warm yesterday to the point that, like I said, I, I wasn't even used to it no more, man. You know what I mean? So it felt extra hot, but it was it was good, man. The sun coming back out. Is this the type of weather that you uh, pull those bikes out and and go riding in the, in the dirt? Oh, no doubt, no doubt. You keep like this, you never know. And then next weekend, I just might pull them out and you know go get back started, man. So it sure be about to be that season, man. You know, I love them dirt bikes. I actually want to ask you a question about those um, bikes uh, before we get into the show because my son, uh, my son just said I'm gonna buy me a motorcycle. He's only 19 years old, and I really just want him to buy a car. But since you got dirt bikes and you got a Harley, what would you say to a 19 year old son that says I want to buy a motorcycle and he ain't got really a lot of experience driving? Well, that's the thing about it. You know, I have a 20 year old son and, and he's been groomed to ride him. I have let him ride. My, I'm, I'm easing him into riding my Harley. But for a new rider, Alex, I, I, I'm going to be honest with you. I will highly oppose it. You know, um, I, I'm not the type of guy to want to say, you know, don't go out and have fun. But they are really dangerous. I mean, you know, and if he um, started off with, say, one of those small little small little bikes, you know, not the pocket bike, but it's one a little bigger. Um, that'd be cool, but not a full-fledged bike yet. You know what I mean? Get experience with, you know, he talking about getting a street bike. Yeah, he talking about getting a a, a six fifty. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I would start. I would tell him start off with a smaller version of a two fifty. You know what I mean? They don't go that fast, but at the same time, and those bikes are really dangerous. You know, they can get out of control. We see the clips on YouTube all day long about. New riders, you know, crashing into fences and crashing into things, man. And I've seen it personally myself. Um, I love nephew, man. But at the, and I ain't against you, nephew. But at the same time, man, I, I would say I would be opposed to it at this moment, especially a six fifty, a bike of that size for a new rider, Alex. Yeah, I think it's crazy. Um, he, he hasn't even owned his first car yet. You know, he's driving our cars. Uh, so, all right, man, let's, um, Hey man, we got a lot of response when we spoke about that Eric Holder. Being, hey, um, hey, Alex, I don't mean to go off topic, but I need a quick answer real fast. Do you sure. remember what year they changed the crack laws? Was it, was it 08? Uh, I, I don't have a clue. I never really kept up with that. Uh -huh. You talking about the federal, the federal crack crack laws. Yeah. Right? Nah, I wasn't really tapped in with the uh, the year that those laws changed. Okay. Why? What's, what's on your mind? Oh, uh, nothing. My son is in a college class right now, man, and they debating something <laughs> in the class. And I, for whatever topic that came up, you know, um, um, he asked me from class. So I just trying to clear it up real fast. But I think it was around 2008, if I'm mistaken. Well, I just found this link that says in 2010, Congress passed the Fair Sentencing Act. Is that is that the related to the change in the crack laws? The Fair Sentencing Act? That's uh, 2010. Yeah, I believe that came a little bit after. Um, okay. Yeah, I believe that came a little bit after. But yeah, appreciate that, man. All righty. Let's so, get into uh, our thing. Yeah, man, we're about to start off with this Eric Holder thing because he's eligible for, eligible eligible for parole in 16 years which is would be 2039 and it turns out that would be after he served 20 years because 2019 was the the offense year the offense date march of 2019 and it turns out the reason why he's eligible for parole 
2039, which mm-hmm. is nowhere near what the date should be for someone that was sentenced to 60 years to life is because of an elderly parole program. This was a, a law passed back in 2021. So it's relatively new. I ain't never heard of it before, but thanks to the Streets and Scholars listeners, a whole bunch of them tapped in in the comments and sent messages about elderly parole program is the reason why Eric Holder could possibly get out of prison in 16 years. Yeah, I was wondering what was going on with that. You know what I mean? I had never heard that, but like you said, it's a brand new thing. Um, if you're 50, you can do what they say, uh, 20 years and be 50. Yeah, yeah that's 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 that's. That's uh that's wild right there. But um hey man, you know it is what it is, man. You know, they changing these laws all the time. They that may work for him. You know, shit, I'm fifty now, you know what I mean? How old will he be though in um twenty thirty nine? In twenty thirty-nine, he'd actually be forty-nine years old. And and when I was reading this, it says you have to have both of them. You have to be 20 years into your sentence and have reached the age of 50. Mm-hmm. So maybe that maybe because he'll be 49, maybe they're saying, you know, he'll be eligible. But, or maybe um, or maybe the dates fall that when it do fall, his birthday had beaten past or something like that. And he could be beaten turning 50 or have turned 50 or something of that nature. Yeah, but most people who if they remember when he got arrested, it was a big deal that he was 29 years old. There was a 29-year-old Eric Holder charged with killing Nipsey. So he'll be 49 for sure, but he's most likely eligible for this uh, elderly parole program that passed in 2021. And, you know, the more and more that people hear about this, I think a lot of people, especially victims' families, is going to be pissed. Well, the thing about it is this. I, I, I'm going to tell them straight up, don't be. You know, cause just because you're eligible for a parole board hearing don't mean you're going to get granted a, a, a release. You know, I know dudes have been to the board three or four, five, six times, man, and still get denied. I believe his situation would be the same based on the original sentence that he had. They do take that into consideration. Can't get 60 and just do 20. Um, but if it is a rehabilitation that they added on to the CDC, then 20 years to, for some people is enough time to be to learn your lesson. But on the flip side, man, you took a life, you know, so um, if I was a family member, I would be pissed, too. But I just don't believe that he's going to even get get paroled or, you know, just because you have a hearing don't mean they're going to grant it, you know. Yeah, that's for sure. Uh, it's it's very difficult to get uh, eligible or get released on your first date. But it says here that uh, you have to meet certain requirements. So if Eric Holder hits the penitentiary yard and he's gang banging and he's getting write ups and his points is going up. They won't look at that favorable when he goes to to board in 2039. He's no, got to be right. He's got he's got to be behaving. I don't know. Perfectly. Right. Uh, true. But at the same time, you know, it could work in a different way. You know, if he have, you know, uh, 10 situations where he got his ass kicked or he got, you know, um, seven times that he's been stabbed, you know, in these certain situations, they may take that into consideration and say, OK, man, this dude didn't. Hey, this dude didn't, 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 they didn't let his ass up in here, man. You know what I mean? You know, he didn't did the 20. He didn't been stabbed seven times, man. He didn't been jumped 10 times. You know, we're going to get the dude up out of here and believe that he learned his sense. I don't think he'll ever come home. I think, you know, I don't, I don't, I think he'll be 70 before he come home, Alex. I don't think none of those dates are going to apply to him, to be honest with you. Uh, they just hearings, they just formalities that they put in place for other people maybe but in his situation 
I don't got it happening. Oh man, that's jacked up because um, you know how many times have we heard of somebody being t- um, we, we thinking oh they ain't never coming home they washed up and we we find out um, through some loophole they they came home and shoot we talking about twenty years from now I think this dude could easily get out of prison maybe not in sixteen not after his first date but let's say he he goes to board and they make him wait another three. That will take. That will be twenty. That will be nineteen years from now. I see. I see him getting out. Actually, I really do. Yeah, I, I, I don't. I don't. Basically, he was twenty nine years old. Man, he was old enough to know exactly what he was doing. He wasn't a twenty year old whose brain hadn't fully developed. And you're not gonna be able to use none of those situations. You was a full grown man, bro, when you did this. You know, you on video doing it. Um, I, I don't see it. Well, this is the fact sheet from the CDC that talks about this uh, elderly parole thing, and it was passed by the California state legislator in January of 2021. Well, it became law in January mm-hmm. of 2021. It's called AB 3234 for anybody who wants to tap in and do some research on that. Man, this is all new information to me, man. And I just learned about it by by tapping in with the people that have been um, tapping in with us. <laughs> well, no, that's cool. But I'm going to tap in with some of the homies and see if they even know about this. You know what I mean? It's a few homies been down the dub and they over 50. They may not even have heard of this program yet. They may have. Um, but uh, I'm going to make sure that they know about it. Like you say, I hadn't heard nothing at all about it. So, you know, um, I, I do believe that after 20 years, man, and you get a certain age, at least your mindset do change. Your feelings do change, you know, in a whole lot of situations. It's just in this particular situation, man, this was a, I mean, like I said, we seen the whole thing on video. We seen, you know, um, how he did it. This is not a alleged, this is not a, well, maybe, you know, this is, this is, this, you know, so at the end of the day, man, on this particular one, um, I just don't know. I don't see it happen. Well, I think that the mental health is going to become a big part of consideration because, it wasn't even considered during trial. It was only considered during sentencing. And I also think that that might be some grounds of appeal where some appellate attorneys can say, look, this guy was sentenced. They washed him up 60 years to life and never considered any of the mental illness during the trial. Now, think about this. If the jury was able to, to get his mental health history, mm-hmm. maybe they would have been maybe they would have looked at a lesser a lesser offense than first degree premeditated. Maybe they would have went with second degree or possibly the manslaughter that they were trying to get. But the jury never heard about any of the mental health issues. So uh, I think that part has to be considered as well. If the CDC really wants to put that R on it, CDCR, <laughs> you know. Um, so, yeah, I do see I see bro getting out soon. I well, mean, not soon, but right. at some point. Well, I agree with you on the mental health issue part, you know, what I mean, or uh, appeal the part. You know, I agree with you on that. He, he can find a loophole where he can bounce out with the with the with the motion that that changes something. I'm just saying without the motion of changing something, without the, you know, ideology of his mental health being took into consideration, um, just on the strength of he got this 60 right now and in 20 years, you know, and he 50, I'm saying on those circumstances, I think he can beat it or get some love on an appeal or a new trial or something like that before he get out on uh, 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 after doing 20 and being 50. So I'm halfway right. I mean, I'm halfway with you. But without those other circumstances, just what he have now, I don't think he'll come home 
just off off the 20 and the 50 at this point. And also the the when I was reading over the elderly parole program, they will uh, let the family know. They will let Nipsey Hussle's family know that this is what's going on. He's got a parole date, a eligibility date, and they will invite the family to come to the parole hearing so that they could express their concerns. But because they didn't even participate in the trial, I doubt that Nipsey Hussle's family would even participate in any of these parole hearings. So that's more that's better for the for Eric Holder because he doesn't have to deal with family saying uh, we don't want you to release him. Right. That 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 hurts your chances of getting out when family shows up to your parole dates and says, no, don't let him out. We feel like he needs to do more time. I don't think anyone on Nipsey Hussle's family side would even do that because they never showed up. No doubt. But that was at the moment of the trial. You know, who's to say in 20 years, I believe he had a child. I don't know if it was a son or a daughter. Who's to say that his kid wouldn't show up there alone by Ooh. themselves saying, no, this is my dad. I'd never get to know my dad based on what this dude did. So the family could not show up, but that child may feel different. And the, oh, yeah. by being the child saying, I want to go, mom may follow him, brother may follow him. So it could be a certain a different situation come 20 years. That's true. I didn't think about the child. He has a daughter from a previous relationship before Lauren London. And I think him and Lauren just had a kid as well. Right. No doubt. So, so he's got two kids that are going to be, you know, around in their early 20s when uh, he's eligible. So if they show up, yeah, um, he probably won't get out uh, at that time. But, yeah, this is an interesting program. And what you said about letting other people know that don't know, it's crazy because there's so many new laws that dudes in prison don't be knowing they're on the books and they could benefit from it, but they don't, it's not like they go to the prison and say, Hey, by the way, fellas, there's this new law that can help you guys. Right. Right. You no, just, no you, doubt. Which, what you got to do, go to the library or just um, do your, re do your own research from prison. Um, Actually, man, you got to have that outside help as well. Family members, you know what I mean? Like you say, you do got the dudes up in the law library, you know, and once this type of information get out, you know what I mean? Um, um, it, it, it really circulates. You know, when I was at Victorville, you know, my wife was a, a super proponent in getting us the information that we need. I mean, the homies used to call her a superstar, you know, based on she would make sure that we get the um, information we need to to help somebody fight a case, you know. So, um, you know, it, it's, it's family. It's on the inside. But sometimes on the inside, we don't get that information as quick. Now, I wonder if a new law like this that just came out in 2021 would benefit people that have been convicted in the past is it retroactive um you know do do all the new laws actually work like that where old inmates could benefit from it or they you have to really read the specifics of each law well at the end of the day alex I'm, it, it, it's crazy to say that they rely on numbers they do the numbers before they do a whole lot of other things and they determine how many people will be released. Don't forget, you got shareholders involved in, in the prison um, politics, you know, because uh, traded on NASDAQ, you know, on the stock market, you know. So if it's a if it's a super amount of people who may be released, they may not make it retro. Um, if it's something that they won't lose the, the shareholders money by letting these people out, then they'll make it retroactive as long as this doesn't. Um, there's no kind of um, mandatory minimums involved in there that where it would have to go to Congress, but they could easily make it retroactive, as the, and I believe they should. Yeah. All right, man. Um, we'll we'll uh, tap in with that topic again. But man, uh, last week we talked about B BTB Savage, 
that was shot and killed in Houston after he just just a couple of months after he was involved in a self-defense killing in San Antonio. And we kind of speculated a little bit about it's probably most likely related to that, but we had no idea. And it's crazy. They just arrested a dude, Montrell Burley, 40 years old. And uh, let me, let me, um, maybe I should just play this clip clip real quick before, um, before we talk about it. But uh, these police, they ain't waste no time. Huh? <laughs> they just, nah, they, they, just, they, they, they got for them up fast, but he may have been, must've been still in the area, man. Cause they, they just were saying they were, uh, the mom was saying, or somebody, the mom was saying, uh, she hopes he turned himself in, but looked like he didn't have to. They done already nabbed him. Yeah. Um, and it was crazy when I was reading about him, he was already, he had got pulled over by the police on something unrelated. So dude is a little bit, uh, I guess he's kind of active in whatever he was doing. Let me see here. Um, let me pull this up real quick. Let's see here. All right, this is from KPRC out in Texas. And let's see, is this it right here? This, oh, you know what I can do? My bad. I could just go straight to, straight to the video and share. Okay. So let me, let me play this real quick and then I'll get your response to it right after. And some new developments in a story we covered last week. Now yes. you might recall the shooting near River Oaks that left, that killed rapper BTB Savage. Well, Houston police say this is the man they are looking for in connection to that targeted shooting. Montreal Burley is his name. He's charged with murder. A second suspect has not yet been identified. Tonight, KPRC2's Bryce Newberry spoke to BTB Savage's mother. She says her son was a good family man. The mother of BTB Savage says he was being taunted for weeks leading up to his death because of a self-defense shooting that happened in San Antonio. The day he died here in Houston, he called and told her he believed he was being set up. Good-hearted, amazing rapper, veteran, father, and the man who loved his family. So much accomplished and so much life to live for Bernita Ward's 27-year-old son, Darrell Gentry, known as rapper BTB Savage. And he was definitely trying to make a career out of it. That's what led him to Houston. But last week, more than 60 rounds in the middle of this River Oaks area street killed him in what police call a targeted drive-by shooting. Surveillance video capturing him being followed in his white Mercedes. To have him killed the way he was killed, like a senseless dog gunned down in the street. And then while his body laying in the street, then they're robbing our place. Like, no, that's not acceptable to me. Two months ago, his mother says a friend asked to do a song with him, but that turned into an armed robbery at his apartment in San Antonio. Police say his fiance shot and killed one of the men, later ruled a justifiable homicide, case closed. Vlad TV published an interview with him on YouTube when he said, quote, it's our first time, like even shooting a gun or shooting somebody. Vlad TV asked if he was concerned about retaliation. He said, quote, he got real family members too, so they for sure might. They might do what they do, but I'm going to get active. It ignited a fire to where they were saying, oh, we're going to kill you. The day of his killing, he posted these photos in the bloody San Antonio crime scene on Twitter, dead, 
two hours later. It's sad that two families had to lose two amazing sons. Both of our children made decisions that led to their demise. Nobody wins here. Gentry's mom hopes these suspects will do the right thing and turn themselves in and says she will not rest until. until OK, so that was actually justice. before reporting downtown on Bryce Newberry, KPRC 2 News. That was before. Before the arrest of Montrell Burley, but uh, Montrell Burley, I think it's fair to say that Montrell Burley is is related to the issue of BTB Savage killing Omar Robinson in San Antonio uh, in February. Because what I did was um, I looked up Montrell Burley, mm-hmm. and this dude was his, this dude was arrested in a town called New Brunfils. New Brunfils. He was arrested in a town right before um, before he got arrested for for this. And what's crazy is I want to show you how close how close this town is to um well I, that, that was my goal is to figure out where, where the hell is this town new new Braunfels. Mm-hmm. so um let me let me show you <laughs> let me show you real quickly uh where this town is on the map and then um and then i'm gonna add some other information and then now check this out new bruns no new brunsfell i guess is the way you say it it's kind of hard it's spelled b r a u n f e l s this is this is new brownsville which is about uh i would say it's north northeast mm-hmm. of san antonio so san antonio is where the um the killing happened that btb and his girlfriend were involved in and new brownsville looks like it's a suburb of san antonio so this dude is from this area but the homicide of BTB happened in Houston, you know, when we talked about it last week, like three hours away. So um, and let me just add this one more thing before you respond to this, FG. They the police have already linked this guy, Montrell Burley, to the guy that, that they killed. So they're saying that they're friends in some kind of way. So it's pretty clear. I think it's fair to say that the homicide of BTB is directly related to that self-defense shooting that they did in San Antonio earlier this year. Oh, no doubt. Seriously. You know what I mean? Um, I mean, man, let's, let's call the spade a spade, man. Montreal, what's his name? Montreal Burley? Mo- Montreal Burley, 40 years old. He handled his business, man. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. He went to work for yeah. his home, boy. You know what I mean? I know people don't want to, you know, the real sometime, but he handled this motherfucker business as he should. You know, dude was wrong for going to rob him. I'm not saying dude was, and his girl was wrong for shooting. I'm not saying that part. I'm saying as a homeboy, and you from the set, or you from the hood, and you out in the streets, it didn't trigger nothing, man, to do posted the pictures and shit with the blood on the wall and shit and trying to profit from the shit or trying to, you know, um, get a little clout from the shit. You know what I mean? So the, the dude probably, my trail probably wasn't even tripping. The homie lost his life in a robbery. I got a homie I lost in one the exact same way. You know, love him to death. And, um, and um, but on the flip side, when you posted that picture with the blood on the wall and you all on Vlad, or man, dude came in and got his man, homie. You know, and that's just what it was. You know, I was surprised he would be that close. You said it's about three hours away. But Alex, if he thought that he wasn't under the radar, 
then why would he run far? You feel me? Maybe he really thought he got away clean. That's the problem about putting hits and doing shit today. In today's world, it's just so much technology, man. It's so hard to get away, so much harder to get away. And uh, now this dude finna fight for his life for a murder. So you can see that uh, San Antonio and Houston on a map, they're pretty, you know, it's it's the next big city going going west of Houston, but that's about a three and a half hour drive. And uh, I guess there was nothing, a, a, a drive was going to stop Montreal Burley from doing what he wanted to do. And so my question is, do you think that if BTB did not go on Vlad and talk about it and did not post that, hey, I'm in the, here's where I killed such and such, that maybe he would, uh, Montreal wouldn't have been tripping that hard about it. I do. I, I believe that if he wasn't a, wouldn't have done those two things, man, I think the boy would still be alive, man. I, I wholeheartedly believe that. Yeah, it just goes to show you like how how risky it is talking about this stuff in interviews. We talked about it last week without having any confirmation, and I think that the recent arrest of Montrell Burley, his link to the victim in that self-defense shooting, Omar Richardson, and the fact that this dude is from the San Antonio area is confirmation that his his killing in Houston, BTB's killing in Houston, is directly related to that incident. No, no doubt, you know, but at the same time, like you say, uh, they're going to connect the dots. They're going to see if them dudes have phone records, you know, uh, with each other. They're going to see how close the friends they were. They're going to get snitches to tell them, you know, if these guys was partners, they was from the same gang, whether it was a known gang or not. Were they from the same clique, you know what I mean, and all those things. They're going to get all those answers, you know what I mean? So at the end of the day, when trial comes, they're going to have all those pieces of evidence, Um it's still a murder. Um, at the same time, you know, they 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 easier to beat than people think, you know, um, based on you have to be beyond a reasonable doubt that this was this person because you would be taking the next man's life if found guilty. So, uh, you know, he got a case to fight. You know, I'm not even going to sit here and say he did it yet. You know what I mean? He, he haven't been found yeah. guilty. You know, he could just be a suspect and the guy that they putting on TV and saying he did it. But we don't know for sure. We just going based off the the, the, the TV, um, what we're seeing, and he was the one arrested. But at the same time, man, a year from now, he could walk, still walk out them doors, man, and be a free man. So, you know, um, but just based on what the news is saying and, you know, our commentary about the situation itself, you know, I believe that they're going to connect a lot of dots. Are they going to find him guilty of murder? I can't say that, but they are going to uh, connect some dots and uh, see what they come up with. Well, they got that. Remember in that clip I just played, they got video of a car following BTB. And apparently, um, I'm assuming they're going to link that car to to Montreal because I don't think they'll be, um, you know, blasting them all over the, the Internet right here. There's an article right here that shows that he's being held on a million dollars bond um, in that case. And uh, we'll see if he could bail out. Uh, hopefully he got a little money and got some folks that can get that 10 percent and uh, get him out so he can fight his case. But, you know, I also feel like if if the dude went in there to ra rob the rapper, if my, um, Gentry is the rapper, BTB, if uh, Omar Richardson was in there going to rob a rapper and he got killed in the, in the process of that, that's almost like his bad. Like, it should have just been, you know, that's that sh it should be the end of it, uh, according to Montrell. But I guess... Seeing him on the internet, BTB, seeing him talk about it, 
seeing him try to benefit from it because it definitely kind of bolsters his reputation as a rapper. No, you know, no I just doubt. Got him, right. <laughs> and, and I guess that got him feeling a certain kind of way. I mean, I believe that's 100 percent got him feeling a certain kind of way. I'm going to just be honest with you, you know, and um, the reason people do things like this is because it's not enough, enough Montreal's out there, you know, answering the call for when people doing faulty shit. You know what I mean? Not sitting here and then I'm saying that that's the answer for it. I'm saying that these are the streets, you know, and in the streets, especially where I come from, Alex, you know, this the shit that got put down when you did some faulty shit or some sucker shit. Okay, you got away with killing the homie because he was he was fault. He was wrong. But you got away with killing the homie. Don't try to rub it in, you know, to rub it in, cause disrespect, you know, in the hearts and of, of others. And, you know, and some people will do shit, you know. Yeah, definitely. And I think the, um, the the final point on this that I want to emphasize is the going to the Internet and talking about stuff like this. Um, this is for all the rappers out there, for all the dudes who, who caught cases and maybe beat them, for all those dudes that got murders dropped down to to, to self-defenses. Uh, there's no need to go telling that story online, especially when their family is still listening, their friends and homies is listening. Just tell the person that's interviewing you like, hey. Um, you know, um, the police cleared me on that and I really got nothing else to say about that. Right. How would you handle, what would be your response to that? If, if a guy's like, Hey, uh, tell us what happened over there when the such and such tried to rob you. What's a, what's a good street way to respond to something like that without putting too much information out there? Well, I mean, you just don't, you know what I mean? At the end of the day, man, anything that you feel that's going to compromise anything like an open case or anything, you really just don't, you know, um, I get accused all the time for swimming around answers, you know what I mean? And and, and that's just what it would, that's just what it is, you know, um, I can't sit here and give you everything. I mean, like you said, still open cases out there, still monthly statute of limitations that haven't passed. There's still a whole lot of things out there in place that a book your ass from running your mouth on this Internet the wrong way. You know, uh, being a dude, you know, really from the streets, you know what I mean? I mean, we could sit here and talk about things. Alex, I could say, you know, I got into a shootout on on uh, 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 Rosecrans and, and, and something like that, you know, but you're not going to get no specific situation. You're not going to get no names. You're not going to get no hoods and things of that nature. So it, it's things that are talked about. But when you start getting the saying such a, I, I shot at such and such from such and such, his name is such and such, such that he drove a, a, a such and such color car. You know, now you putting yourself in a different situation because those old wounds can come back. So say one of their homies listen to be like, oh, I know who he talk about. He talk about the big homie such and such from, you know what I mean? And a young dude could be like, oh, he bust on a homie back. Oh, OK. Wait till I see him. I mean, it's that easy. You know what I mean? And 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 um, and uh, so, um, you know, you got to watch what you say, bro. Yeah, definitely. And. And again, I believe we mentioned this last week. I believe, you know, he got paid to do that interview. And once you get paid, you know, you're obligated to tell the story because everybody wants to hear those details, man. What does that say about um, us as the viewers? The the viewers want to hear all the details. You know, it's the appetite for these stories as well. No, oh, no doubt. You know, I talk to the homies all the time, you know, and, and, and we laugh with each other because like they always say, F, we know you was there. We know you got the stories, bro. We we know what you done seen and, you know, things of that nature, you know, and and we laugh about it, you know, just based on, um, you know, um, the confidentiality that we got to keep, you know. But at the same time, man, you know, it's it's. it's 
we all go to YouTube, you know, we know, Alex, when I post a video talking about some, you know, uh, talking to the youth or things of that nature, they don't do good views. But let me come on, talk about a shooting I had, you know, yeah. in the street, you know, it's going to get 10,000 views, you know. So and we all guilty of it, you know. Um, so it's an appetite. That's what people, I believe, come to social media for. They already got shit going on in their life, man. You know what I mean? They don't want to be preached to sometimes, you know, and uh, they want to hear the raunchy shit. They want to hear the gangster shit. They want to hear, you know, the 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 forbidden shit, man. The, 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 the same people who tuning in to watch the grimy shit is the same people going to leave a comment, though, talk about y'all ought to be ashamed of y'allself for talking about this shit, but yet they on here listening to it. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, you know, um, that's just what it is, bro. And you got to, you know, navigate through it and, 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 and give them what they looking for. But at the same time, man, not give them nothing that's going to expose nobody, you know? Yeah, man. I think um, BTB made the... Grave mistake of going into details about what happened um, during that robbery, man. And uh, I guess he thought that since the police cleared him, it's all good. We could talk about it. But you got to also remember that that dude, Omar Richardson, he's got family. He's got parents. He might even have kids. I don't even know if he had kids. He definitely had a homie. Definitely had a homie. <laughs> no doubt. You know, a, a solid one. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. He had a rider on his team, you know, and it's unfortunate, man. But, you know, but yeah, you know. All right, man, I wanted to, uh, man, it's, there's a lot of fentanyl stuff in the news, man, and I wanted to talk a little bit about this, uh, a couple of arrests, but the first one is a young brother from, uh, where is he from? Florida, Hillsboro, Florida, young brother got caught, and I'm, su I'm just surprised at how many people are still willing to dabble in this fentanyl, and I guess it's just big money in it. I guess it's just uh, everybody is trying to get a piece of the pie here and I guess they don't want to miss out. Right. <laughs> if the, and um, this is a, a guy that got caught with a gang of fentanyl, but uh, what's this guy's name? Um, this is channel. This, oh, well, let me see. Do I have a clip? No, I don't have a clip for this one, but this is a guy that was dabbling in some fentanyl in Hillsborough County, Florida, 25 years old. And what's crazy. The name of the, <laughs> The name of the organization from the police that 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 caught him is called Opioid Overdose Investigations. Damn, out of the Hillsborough County of, of Florida, uh, brother was tw twenty five year old Juan Juan Wright. Um, but what he thought he was able to do was stash his fentanyl in Pringles containers, and uh, let me pull up those Pringles containers here, and. Um, Here's here's a picture of him with all. Look at all these charges that this guy got. He I was, got I was like, man, I was looking at my phone right now for them charges, man. They hit his ass with armed trafficking and fentanyl, Tra trafficking and fentanyl shit times two, pretty much. A felon in possession of a firearm, felon in possession of ammunition, possession of a controlled substance, several other drug related charges. Look how they stacked the charges up with him. And what I want to say, Alex, is you hit the you you said something earlier. You said he was dabbling. He was, bro. He only had forty grams of fentanyl. You know what I mean? Yeah, he had a pistol and he had seven seven thousand. That's 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 regular street shit. That's not no yeah. kingpin type <laughs> shit. That's not no. And they gonna stack all these charges up against him, you know, and try to get him a hundred years, man. You know, and 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 that's the problem I have. You know what I mean, bro? Yeah, forty grams. You know what I mean? Get a dude a few years and let him rot. You know, y'all gonna try to rock his world, stack up the charges, sentencing consecutive sentence, and wash him up. And that's the shit I be talking about. And 
they were following a non-fatal uh, overdose. You know what I mean? You know, and and uh, shit just crazy how they do us, man. Yeah, most of those charges is out of like one. It's it's really one offense because look, they charge them with the firearm and they charge them with the ammunition. And I guess in the state of Florida, um, you can get charged for ammunition. I'm not sure if I, I don't think I've ever seen anybody here in Cali get charged with ammunition. Yeah, I believe they can. Now, yeah, I believe they that's can. Yeah, catch you with bullets and charge you, give you some charge. I, I believe that's a, a charge that they're trying to push now. Yeah, and also they got them possession of the fentanyl, trafficking the fentanyl, and then the possession of a controlled substance, which is the fentanyl. They gave them three, three drug charges on, on one want. incident. Yeah, yeah. So this is basically a life sentence in the feds, right? It could be only, yeah, the way they can stack them, man. It could, they can make turn it into a life sentence. Yeah, man. But um, what, what I thought was interesting <laughs> is um, how he was trying to hide it and. Obviously, the the police over there in Florida were hip to it. And I remember when these things used to be really popular here in L.A. There used to be a place in Inglewood um, that sold rims called the House of Chrome. Mm-hmm. The House of Chrome, they also sold like uh, containers of your favorite household cleaning and and food. But they all had false bottoms. And that's what he got caught with a false bottom on a Pringles container thinking that he was going to stash or or be able to hide it from the police. But in the in the 80s, I think they were effective because nobody knew about them. They were effective, you know what I mean? And don't forget, sometimes some things can come around and be effective again because it's been so long. They could, probably could have passed that up by not thinking about it. You know, they may have had the dogs or something to sniff that out. They probably just didn't even find it on their own. Um and not to mention, he could have not been even hiding it from the police. He could have been hiding it from his kids and his wife. He did have some small children in the house. So he could have just been making sure that they didn't get a hold to it. You know what I mean? Um, that would be a bad idea, being in that it's a Pringles can. You know, kids want to eat up every treat in the house, you know. But at the same time, I'm not going to sit here and say he was really trying to stash from the police. But I really don't think they just found They probably had a dog sniff it out, things of that nature. You know, the, the cops, you know. It was so long ago. They probably I, best believe you can you can hide that stash on me right now, and it's so old that I wouldn't even think the that that's still effective. And for me, you know, it, it would be. Well, you know, as a as a law enforcement officer, they train to to be you know extra keen on these little secret stashes and um and uh, you know these secret compartments. Hey, when I, I bought when I bought my Escalade, I bought my Escalade off of a dude that had a secret stash spot in mm-hmm. in the console. It was a door that opened up on the bottom of the console that you would never even see it. And you had to hit three different buttons on the, on the dashboard. You had to hit three, three different things mm-hmm. and the door would open up and you can stash stuff in there. But somebody actually told me a stash spot in your car is actually illegal in the state of California. Have you yeah, ever heard anything I- about that? Yeah, I've had one before, you know, and I didn't care if they was illegal or not. You know what I mean? It saved me before, you know what I mean? One time I had 13 sheriffs search my car. They took turns searching it, you know what I mean? And and uh, and uh, so it was well worth it back then. You know, what happens is they start coming with a device that they can put on your battery and it shocks the electrical system and anything electrical in there will pop open. So that's how dudes started getting cracked with the electrical stash. And they went back from the electrical stash to the manual stash, you know, the manual pull cable or things of that nature. But I had the one where you had to do two or three separate things in order to pop it open. Um, I was successful with it at that time back in those years, you know. Um, 
I was doing a legal activity show. It, what difference do it make if the stash was illegal and everything, you know, uh, I was doing was illegal. So, um, yeah, I remember those stashes, 100%. Well, when I bought my truck, I wasn't doing nothing illegal. And a couple of dudes said, you know, those those stashes. I would show people, look at this crazy stash. Yeah, thing. yeah, but, yeah. Mine was powered by a hydraulic, so it it opened up a door real slow, and then when it shut it, there was no way you can pull that door because it was a hyd- it was hydraulically shut. But um, yeah, eventually uh, I just got rid of that. <laughs> I took it all apart. I, did, I thought I was gonna end up going to prison, and I got pulled over with a stash spot in the truck. Yeah, I but, remember. Um, some, yeah. But uh, this I, is a uh, this is the Pringle stash that I got um, that I'm showing on the screen mm-hmm. right now, and. Uh, I remember those little things that you could just screw. You screw out the bottom. It looked like the bottom is connected to the container, but it's actually a screw. It screws right off, and you can put whatever you want in there. I know, but look how raggedy the edges and stuff is. That wasn't hard to sniff out if you picked that up and looked at the bottom of it, man. You know, it looked like it had been used a million times. He wasn't crisp with it, you know. So us looking at that now, you know, it's all wrinkled up. And, yeah, man, you got to be crispy when you're trying to do something. But I want to go back to the small amount that they found. You know, this is damn near a personal little stash. It's damn near a little uh, 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 on the corner, you know, stash, bro. You know what I mean? This ain't no bus. You know what I mean? This ain't no y'all making it seem like y'all didn't crack, you know, Noriega or something, man. But this, this, come on, man. Y'all cracking low level dealers, you know, and that don't mean they not getting money. When I say the term low level, I don't mean um, a person not getting their money, Alex. I just mean that they try to stay under the radar of the of the bigger uh, agencies like the feds, the DEA, or things of that nature, you know, because a dude can sell two ounces a day and another dude can sell uh, uh, one bird a day and they can make the same amount of money. So when I say lower level, I mean a lower level in detection of of, of certain agencies, you know, but um, they made it seem like they bust a kingpin, man. But I think that they're really cracking down on fentanyl that if you just get caught with a uh, a tiny amount of it, they're going to make it into like, uh, you know, the worst thing ever because of the amount of people overdosing and dying from fentanyl. Uh, so, you know, I feel like this fentanyl is, is actually ruining people. Like I, I know, I know some young kids that were my, my son's age that died on an overdose of fentanyl, all kind of actors is dying. Oh, when we got to, um, briefly mention that Coolio, the rapper, they just, um, released his cause of death. Right. That's what it was. Opioid, man. Uh, fentanyl yeah yeah and i'm sure he oh, was yeah, just yeah, trying yeah, to, yeah he was probably just trying to hit, uh hit a little bit of cocaine and right boom got the got the fentanyl so so to a certain degree man it, it's it's something that needs we need to get rid of <laughs> we got to get rid of fentanyl i don't know if it's possible but uh man look how many people are dying from it i got you but i'm gonna uh, 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 keep that thought right there i'm gonna bring it back up uh, a little later in the program okay so um I want to move on to a, another fentanyl story. This one is crazier than, you know, this young, young, this 25 year old youngster that got caught with what, what was it said? 40 grams? 40 grams. He, had, he had 40 grams, man. This lady that I'm about to show you, uh, she, she had 61 shipments of fentanyl coming into the United States. I'm going to play a clip of uh of of this lady and then we'll talk about this real quick let's see here um here we go developing news in the south bay the san jose police officers association says it is cooperating with federal investigators after the head of the police union was charged in a drug trafficking case 
The accusations involve Joanne Marion Sergovia. She is the executive director of the POA. This is her picture from her LinkedIn page. Sources tell ABC7 News, Segovia is expected to surrender. According to the U.S. Attorney's Office, the allegations go back years to 2015. Federal investigators say she had at least 61 shipments mailed to her home. They originated from Hong Kong, Hungary, India, Singapore, and other countries, many labeled wedding party favors, gift makeup, or chocolate and sweets. However, when they intercepted some of those shipments, federal investigators say they found thousands of narcotic pills. Records show Segovia trying to blame the drug activity on her housekeeper. She's also accused of also using her office at the POA to distribute drugs. When questioned by investigators, the criminal complaint shows Segovia denied doing anything. Okay, man, this woman, if it's true, is crazy. First of all, she tried to throw her her housekeeper under the bus and said those those shipments of methamphetamine and, and fentanyl have nothing to do with her. But uh, the feds was like, no, 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 no. They got nothing to do with the housekeeper. <laughs> they got everything to do with you. And uh, she was just uh, she turned herself in and she's facing uh, some serious charges there. But of all people, we would never expect that a grandmother old white lady that is a police union executive would be involved in trafficking fentanyl man well that's why they get away with it so long there's, there's people who you wouldn't suspect but it's one point that i want to bring up to, to a light <clears throat> remember i said that i was going to come back to 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 a thought you had um, you were saying that you believe that the people who selling fentanyl is a dangerous drug, the people who um, are putting it out on the streets, you believe that these people should be punished severely because this drug is just, just wiping people out, just killing them by the thousands, actually by the hundreds of thousands. Um, problem I have with it is, you know, our boy over there had 40 grams, you know, they racked him up with a rack of charges. He looking at, you know, anywhere from 10 to life, um, Miss Sokovia, 61 packages over 61 packages delivered to her home thousands of pills i read the report it says she's looking at a maximum of 20 years you know so this is the shit that i talk about man the disproportion how is she looking at a maximum of 20 years and not a maximum of a life sentence just like our young kid over there with the 40 grams you know this is how they run that shit man they're gonna put a maximum sentence on her they're gonna dummy down them charges she gonna walk out of there with you know six years you know and this other dude over here gonna get you know uh, 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 60, you know what I mean? Or 16 at least, you know, for, for, for having 40 grams. So where's the, where's the, 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 the equality in, in, in this fentanyl thing? How you going to, I mean, over 61 packs and shipping it from overseas, been doing this for two, since 2015. And you should be punished more because you was a part of the police association, you know, but they not going to do it, bro. And that's the shit I'll be talking about. Yeah, definitely. I think uh, any law enforcement related people, they, they, they're at a higher standard because they took an oath. No these doubt. People, these people all took an oath to protect all the laws of the state that they're in. This was California. This was in San Jose. So um, I think she should be more severely punished. If she's looking at a max of 20, hopefully she'll get the 20. Uh, the young brother um, out of Hillsborough, you know, he also has the gun charge, too. I don't know if he's a felon with a gun. No, nah, they would have put that on there. But that gun is probably going to add some time to what to his to his. Uh, even if the, even if the gun added five, 
You know what I mean? You know, uh, but I'm saying just how they racked up those charges. Like I say, they'll convict him and run him can, 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 uh, consecutively. Um, you know, this lady was doing far more than our, our, our boy over there. You know, so yeah, that, that's sure. my whole thing about it. You know, you was doing 100 times more than this guy. How could y'all be facing the same sentence? You know, pretty much, you know. So um, then how you going to put a cap on what you're going to give, you know, and not put one on him? You know, um, so, yeah, he did have the gun, you know, um, but at the same time, you know, the gun wasn't per se used in a, in a, in a commission of a crime. He just, it was in possession of one, you know, so um, we're going to see how these play out. And I'm a, I'm a, what I want to do, Alex, is uh, we keep keep in line with both of these cases, see how they turn out, then double back on another show in the future and, and compare them, you know. And to see how different they are when it comes to sentencing and, and, and the people upholding the law with this fentanyl. Well, I hope the young brother gets him a good lawyer to say, look, it was just 40 grams. Uh, he might be able to get away with saying personal use. It's just my own personal stash. Mm -hmm. um, but if they got evidence of him selling it, uh, it might be difficult. But we're definitely going to keep up with both of these cases. I want to play one more clip of this lady because when uh, she she eventually turned herself in, and um, the media, the media was trying to ask her some questions when she was uh, turning herself into the to the police, and uh, listen to to what she had to say real quick. Um, let's see here. She um, <laughs> so some of the questions were funny. Uh, I think that the these police officers they definitely um, deliberately want the media to be there so they can embarrass you a little bit. Oh, no I'm doubt. Glad, I'm glad they did this lady like this, too, because, you know, sometimes they'd be protecting their white counterparts. But no, nah, they're they going to throw her under the bus because she worked with the cops. Ch check this out. Do you want to say anything to the police union, to all the people that, you know, feel kind of like they've been betrayed? Mr. Scobia has no comment at this time. Now at five, new video into our newsroom. The executive director of the San Jose Police Officers Union leaves her first court appearance facing federal drug charges. Joanne Segovia is accused of importing and distributing opioids across the country. Good evening. I'm Greg Lee. And I'm Christina Rendon. That's, uh, that's all I wanted to show. <laughs> Just seeing her uh, coming out of court with all the media there to question her oh there wasn't one more question uh one of the questions was um are you still blaming your housekeeper for for all that fentanyl but of course she didn't have any comment right no doubt man and then like i say it's funny man that she was distributing this stuff across the country you know and our boy was distributing it you know two blocks over you know and man and they like i say you know they're gonna treat it the same way and um what was crazy to me was after she was questioned by the fbi uh she still went on to do her thing. That's how arrogant she was, just how um, I, I, dumb she was. I mean, you know, she was questioned by the FBI of these charges or of the situation that she was uh, moving narcotics, and she continued to do it. I mean, now that's wild. Usually when you questioned, you shut down shop. You know what I mean? Or you even hear that they own you, you shut down shop. Uh, nah, she didn't do that, Alex. She kept pushing. Yeah, she was a little a little cocky over there. Um, maybe the money was just too good for her to stop. Man, ain't no money that good. Well, you gonna, now we'll look at the situation she is now. So hopefully she got it stacked up to the ceiling, had the best lawyers. But now you're in federal court. You're dealing with guidelines. You're dealing with, you know, the FBI. You're dealing with uh, international uh, shipments, you know. So you're dealing with a bigger issue. You know, this lady right here is, 
you know, my boy over there on the corner, you know, he, 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 like I say, he, he wrong for selling it. This lady is important into the country. You know what I mean? She's going to get less time than he get for selling it on the corner when she's importing it in the country and then distributing it across the United States. And she's going to get less time than the local dealer on the corner. I, I, don't, I don't feel that shit. Yeah, definitely. Um, it would be a great follow up to find out. I'm hoping that he, you know, he can the the young brother, the 25 year old brother can get away with maybe just a five year sentence, maybe five, six years, uh, less than 10. And I'm hoping that uh, the lady, uh, Segovia, uh, I hope they uh, max her out to the whole 20. Uh, but she's probably going to take a deal. Right. The, the feds are going to offer her a deal. OK, they offer him a deal of, of, of seven and they offer her a deal of seven. Is that fair, though? You feel me? Now, we talk about we talk about two disproportionate situations. One dude, you know, got a couple pills on the block. One lady important in the country and distributing it across the nation. And you come up, you end up with the same time, you know, and this goes to show, man, you know, like I say, if that's happened, I'm gonna blast this shit out the water. I'm 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 a bring some 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 notoriety to this situation, you know, just to see just to just to show you know, the, the young black men out there, man, that this, this is how it goes, man. No, this is going to be a great comparison um, of fentanyl offenders and seeing how they get treated. One guy's just sitting on the corner with a couple of rocks of it. And this lady is, she's um, importing it from all these Asian countries. So yeah, uh, I, I'm, I'm going to take a guess and say that as she goes to court, they're going to add more charges to what she did. There's just no way that, that her charges should be capped at 20. They're, they're going to learn more. And I'm hoping, I'm hoping they add some more charges to her so that uh, we don't have to sit here and complain about the young brother getting washed up and, and the old white lady gets away with it, basically. No doubt. And like I say, fentanyl is very dangerous, you know. So even his, don't get us wrong, even his little few rocks can, can kill somebody. You know, even his few rocks, you know, can cause overdose to leave somebody to death. I'm not, I'm not saying that, but I'm saying that the, the proportion of, you know, how much, you know, how big, you know, a difference it was when what she was doing and what he was doing. And like I said, I know Alex Alonzo, we're going to stay in touch with this man and um, see get, if we can get in a comparison, you know, later on when these two cases are finished. Okay, man. Uh, I want to move on to another story. Uh, and before this. Is, this before we get to this other story, man, did you hear that the U.S. is not going to pursue charges in the uh, Shanquilla Robinson case? Well, I, I'm not surprised because it didn't happen man. on U.S. soil. Um, but just just let it go, bro. That that kind of hurts my heart, though, man. I don't mean to get off topic, but man, that just I seen that come across the screen, man. And this is unfortunately, you know, that her parents, you know, and her family and sisters and brothers are you know, have to have to endure that. It just won't be, you know, just just they just going like you said, you know, months ago, seem like they just going to forget about it. Yes, yeah, it's, it's uh, hopefully Mexico will figure out a way to prosecute whoever did uh, the assault on her. But, um, yeah, man, it's kind of hard to prosecute when it happens in another uh, another country. They can come. They could probably use a conspiracy offense, but um, maybe maybe the case was too weak. Yeah, yeah, I got you, bro. But I just wanted to put that out there. And what's our uh, what we got next? Uh, I wanted to talk about these uh, white gangsters out of uh, you know it's crazy. This this uh, nineteen white gang members got arrested in Florida, and I'm realizing that a lot of our a lot of this shit, this drama that's going on, it be in Florida. 
I didn't right, realize right. Florida cracking over there. Yeah. Yeah. Florida, Florida cracking. Yeah. But um, I'm not surprised that these 19 gang members that were charged in this uh, indictment in, in the state of Florida in conjunction with the ATF, uh, they're from a gang called IGD, the Insane Gangster Disciples. Um, but when I look at it, you know, they're all white, white dudes. But I've always known that the majority of gang members in the United States are actually white. But when you watch the news, when you watch TV, when you watch the movies, they're always putting black and brown bodies to play the gang members, especially the street gang members. Not We're not talking about the mafia, right, or organized right. crime. We're talking about some street gang members, which these guys were. And all these 19 guys were, were just recently charged in Jacksonville, Florida. Um, and normally we don't see these stories. I read about these stories all the time because I know the majority of gang members are white. But uh, it's interesting to finally see, you know, uh, this published, you know, on a, in the mainstream news. Well, you know, it's hard to sweep under the rug, you know, from what I heard, they was over there kicking up a lot of dust over there, man. You know, they had took over some city blocks over there in Jacksonville, man, you know, and, and, and one of the neighbors had, you know, said that she just watched the violence escalate and escalate, you know, as far as, as well as the thefts. You know, a lot of people were, you know, were, uh, had items coming up missing from their homes, from their yards, you know. So they had a whole little ring over there. And I believe the bigger and stronger they got, the more brazen and brazen that they became, you know, and uh, probably just think that they were, weren't on a radar or because of, you know, of their white privilege that they felt that they wasn't going to get, you know, hammered down like like they end up getting, you know. So they did arrest these 19 people. Um, it, it ranges from theft to murder, you know, so... Uh, they definitely going to have to, uh, you know, pay the piper. Yeah, they're calling this uh, operation Crown Down. Crown <laughs> Down. Yeah, I saw that, man. That's crazy. Hey, I'm, well, I'm they always had like, some slick names for some operations, yeah. Yeah, they have. They always got some funny names. They had one, one against the jungles. They called it um, Operation Stone Cold. Yeah. <laughs> against the Black Pea Stones. And uh, they're always trying to come up with a name. But, yeah, these um, these guys uh, are, are all charged. And, you know, they're, they're also um, linking a little bit of fentanyl, fentanyl trafficking in them. It's not the main thing, but they got a they got a murder. They got a manslaughter. They got a carjacking. They got drug trafficking, grand theft, auto. Um, so it's just interesting that most of the time we don't see white white folks charged with these street gang, these street crimes. But, um, hey, it, it happens all over these all over middle America. And for some reason, we just don't see them on television. It's, I feel like it's, the news is almost looking like like if the news has a story of 19 white gang members and 19 black gang members, they're going to go. Let's show the black ones. Oh, that, no doubt. No doubt. That's better. Right. <laughs> no doubt. But, you know, these guys did. Uh, uh, you, uh, they did find a reasonable amount of firearms. You know, they did find drugs. They did find money. You know, um, I believe that, you know, they may try to set an example, you know, for these um, 19 right here, just based on they weren't the only 19. You know, you, like you say, you have so many white gang members that we just uh, the, the regular um, society don't see because they don't, you know, put them on TV and stuff like this, like they usually do. But I believe they may try to set an example out of these guys and gals. Yeah, there's a, there's a couple of gals in this indictment, too. I'm going to play this short little clip real quick of uh, 
this this guy is uh covering covering the story down there in florida yeah guys 19 arrests just a massive gang bust on the west side and we found out that it was uh, the gang igd i asked about the name operation crown down that jso assigned to this and they said that igd uses a crown as one of its icons so hence the name crown down and this all started about six months ago. As you mentioned, they've been working at this after the murder of Devontae Jackson. They arrested Chase Robinson in connection with that murder. Then when they were uh, talking with him, they found out that he was a member of this gang, so expanded the operation outward and arrested those other 18 members. And they all faced different charges of uh, distribution of drugs, methamphetamine, fentanyl, heroin, cocaine, you name it, marijuana. And then also you mentioned the 18 guns as well that they pulled off the street. So a lot of those other members are facing charges about that. And I've been to a lot of pressers here at JSO and I've never seen a room so packed. I mean, it was standing room only, a lot of officers in there. And uh, that just shows how big of an operation this was. And the sheriff wanted to make sure that all those officers got credit for the work they've been doing the past half of a year. Through the thoughtful and meticulous investigative work of our JSO detectives and our law enforcement partners, many gang members are facing serious criminal charges. There you go. They are facing all those charges. And I think that that uh, we should see more of these white gangsters getting charged in the mainstream media. Because a lot of times they just, um, these these cases are occurring without us even seeing it hitting the news. Um, so I was actually surprised to see like, wow, they really put this on, you know, they really covered this in mainstream media. Because I'm always looking for these white gang stories because I see the data. I see like thousands and thousands of white gangsters be arrested. But I'm like, mm -hmm. where are the stories that I want right, to see the right. stories? So here's a good example of uh, finally a, a story. And look, everybody in this indictment, I thought there was like a couple brothers in it. But when I looked close at them, I'm like, no, most of these guys are all white. No doubt. Um, and uh, there's not one black dude on that. There might be one Latino dude, but nah, this is a straight up white gang that took on the mid Midwest gang named the Gangster Disciples. Uh, I don't know if they're connected to Chicago, but one of the stories said that they're they're a faction of the Chicago gang of the Disciples. But uh, I don't know if that's to, that's true or not. But right, you know, we talked about that last week about gangs, <laughs> yeah. other cities taking on gang, different gang names. You know, and uh, I mean these were a real gang. You know, I can't say that. I can't say that they're connected to the original GDs. But at the same time, you know, they took the name and used it uh, with knowledge or without and, and, and they did real gang shit, you know. So now you have to see, you know, you got 19 people, you know, um, I left my dice in there in the other room, but I would have rolled a dice and probably tried to see how many going to snitch. You know what I mean? How many going to hold it down? They do have different various charges, you know, but uh, usually the dudes with the lesser charges going to tell on the dudes at the top. But uh, they may hold it down. You know, we're going to see. They may all stay solid and take their charge on the chin. But, you know, when you hit 19 people from one gang, man, you know, that gang took a pretty, pretty good hit. You know, it could have dis dismantled them, you know, and uh, I don't know how large the gang is. But but, yeah, they got their ass on that one. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, it'd be funny if they all stood solid. I'd be that'd be embarrassing. The white gang stayed more solid. Right, right. That's why I say it's possible. <laughs> shit, you know what I mean. 
And I'm um, talking about snitching. Let's uh, let's, uh <laughs> let's tap in. Uh, let's let's tap in with this last thing. We we kind of already knew what you was going to happen. At, you can look at this picture and tell who told. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you can. You know what's crazy? You could actually you can see who's the soft one of the four. <laughs> yeah, you know, because other dudes look at you straight in the eye. You know, and uh. And, Robert Allen, like, man, I ain't, I only want to look y'all in the eye and shit. <laughs> and um, I got to explain what we're looking at because uh, the the four guys, well, three three guys that went on trial for killing rapper XXX Dentacion were all found guilty and sentenced to death. The judge wasn't playing with these three dudes. Not at all. Um, and even though Robert Allen, he he told, he he ended up telling, he participated in this homicide. And he even posted the money and he was taking pictures and he was laughing and smiling in some of those pictures too. And it was crazy is because he wa- he wanted to become the cooperating witness. He ends up being found guilty of a lesser offense. I think he, they, they're going to give him a manslaughter offense and he's going to do what, like 10, 15 years. And these, uh, these other three guys are going to prison for life. No doubt. You know what I mean? And the judge didn't play with him. He had some strict um, dialogue for him, you know, and, um, it's unfortunately, man, that these three dudes, you know, never see the light of day again over robbery. Alex, you know, that's the thing that 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 bothers me. You know, we lose three, three, we lose four men, you know, triple X. And then you lose three more to, you know, a life sentence in prison, man. And that that itself, you know, kills me. Yeah, let me play. Uh, I want to just play a clip of the judge sentencing um, Mr. Boatwright. Uh, he was pretty hard on all three of them. But he was particularly hard against Boatwright. Listen to this right quick. Mr. Boatwright. You turned a robbery into a murder. And on that day when you stood there and fired that weapon, you didn't just end one life. You effectively ended five lives, including your own. Like I just said, you, you need to understand that when we say life in Florida State Prison, that means life. It is necessarily without parole. Florida abolished parole. You know, as the song says, you can check out any time you like, but you can never leave. You will spend the rest of your life in prison. From here, you will go and be placed in a cell that has a stainless steel slab that's attached to the wall. That's your bed. And next to it is a stainless steel sink and a stainless steel toilet. That's the furniture that you have in that cell. You'll spend every hour and every day and every week and every year of your life in that cell. And one day, they'll come and open up that cell in the morning and you'll have passed on. And only on that day will you have served your sentence. A jury of your peers having found you guilty of murder in the first degree with a firearm and having discharged that firearm and having that firearm discharge result in the death of Chasse Anfroy, this court will sentence you to life in Florida State Prison with credit for 1,732 days already served. As to count two for the robbery with a firearm 
which was discharged and uh, causing death, this court will sentence you to life in Florida State Prison for 1,732 days already served. Both counts carry with them a 25-year minimum mandatory. Count two will run consecutive and not concurrent with count one. And both counts will run consecutive and not concurrent with your sentence in case number 1316428CF10A. The court cost cost prosecution will be reduced to a civil lien. You will have 30 days to appeal. The judge wrote out, it seems like the judge had already knew what he was going to say and, and had something special for all three of those defendants. No doubt. In particular, one, he said to one of them, man, he said, listen, man, you know, your new furniture is going to be a stainless steel bed, stainless steel sink and a stainless steel toilet. He say, and at the end of the day, the day you'll be released is the day they open your door and they find you deceased. I was like, damn. And uh, yeah. because Florida don't have a parole system, you know what I mean? So um, I was like, damn, he say the day you release, man, is the day they open your cell door and find you deceased. I was like, oh, shit, he ain't playing with him. Yeah, man. And sometimes I think the judges be a little bit over the top with uh, with their uh, speeches that they give when they sentence them. Uh, but, hey, they, they still have their appeals rights. Um, you know, we'll see what happens on appeal. Uh, I don't really believe they're going to stay in prison for the rest of their lives. But um, once they appeal, maybe they'll get out in, t you know, maybe 25, 30. But yeah, but they got to be two life sentences, though. They got two consecutive life sentences. You know what I mean? So that means if you win something on one, you still got another one you got to fight. You know, uh, I, I don't see the light of day of these dudes, man. You know, like I say, this is another one caught on film. You had a, a superstar witness that came and put the nail in the coffin. You know what I mean? To the best of his ability. Um, I was this was a damn near airtight on the on on the district's attorney uh behalf. And she went to work on the ass. She was very thorough, you know, and um, you know, and it's unfortunate, like you say, that these dudes uh, uh, lose their life in, in prison, sit in prison for the rest of their life, which I believe, Alex, they will. But at the same time, man, you was hating. Um, you didn't have to kill the dude, you already had the bag. You know what I mean? You could have got seven years on a robbery. I believe you wouldn't even got that because I don't believe he would have told. He would have took the L. Um, it, it's, it's just unfortunately, man, that y'all felt y'all had to shoot the dude. So um, if they sit in there for the rest of their life, based on that you already had the money in, in, in your hands, you still shot the dude. I mean, if they sit in there for the rest of their life, Alex, I mean, you know, I can't say that it's unjust. Yeah, man, I, I don't really know how the Florida system goes, but I do know, yeah, like you said, that, that parole is not even part of the system. Uh, when you get life, it's supposed to be life, but we all know that when you get life, it's not always life. So uh, we'll see. Uh, I I'm just a little disappointed that uh, Fat Boy, was it Robert Allen? Yeah, Robert um, Allen. He's able to get out of prison in a few years and live his life, even though he participated just like the other three did. You know, he did participate, but it was, um, what can I say, evident that he was pressured, you know, at some point, you know, to do a, do some things that he made clear he didn't want to do. Um, I told you I stated before, um, 
some of the statements he made while they were on their way to rob somebody. They should have let him out the car then. Um, I'm going to blame Dedrick, Trayvon, and Michael Boltwright for not paying attention to those signs, man. You had a weak link in the car before y'all robbed anybody. Should have dropped him off, you know, and unfortunately by not dropping him off, by feeling, you know, you're going to make the homie, you know, be a gangster or make the homie stand up and turn around and bite you in the ass. Yeah, man. Um, I, I believe in that statement you said earlier, just by looking at these guys, you can see who the weak link is <laughs> Real just, shit. just by looking at the mug shots. Um, so, yeah, to a certain degree, uh, the three brothers, Dedrick, Trayvon and Michael, um, their, it was their mistake to even, I guess, take a guy like Robert Allen along, you know, but hey. After it was all said and done, Robert Allen was on Instagram. Robert Allen was posing with the money. Robert Allen was enjoying it. The, 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 he was. It wasn't like he he felt like. In no way did he feel like he he didn't he he regretted it. He was no, nah, but to, but but sometimes that's that peer pressure, man. To me, he seemed uneasy the whole time. You know, and uh, and uh, you know, of course, once the shooting started and you there, yeah, he couldn't freeze up then. But I guarantee he probably was shitting bricks. Like, oh, what what didn't happen now? You know, um, so at the end of the day, man, you know, uh, that peer pressure, man, it, it's not cool to to to, to pressure a motherfucker. It's not a, a cool to try to make a motherfucker be a gangster. You know what I mean? And and at the same time, like I say, it was no reason for them to shoot the dude. And um, apparently, you know, unfortunately, these dudes lost their lives for making that decision right there. You made one decision by taking Robert Allen with you when he made claims that it was some certain things he wasn't with. And then also, you know, when you shot the dude, man, you know, um, that had to be out of hatred because it was not. I mean, you got the money uh, that cost you. Yeah, man. So uh, uh, we lost another rapper. Rest in peace to Tentacion. And uh, any... Um before we wrap it up, is there anything else you wanted to tap in with? No, no doubt, man. You know, uh, I think we did pretty good, man, on a few topics, man. You know, I think hope people are listening to some of the things we're saying, you know, learning from our commentary, you know, from our opinions, you know, and just 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 looking at shit different sometimes. You know, like I say, we're not out here trying to promote violence or promote, you know, uh, street shit. But at the same time, sometimes shit need to be told like how it's told, man, for, for people to understand, you know, how this shit go out here. Yeah, and just especially in the the BTB, the BTB Savage situation, it was almost it was almost inevitable once this guy did the interview, talking about it, posting about it, that it was likely something was going to happen to him. Not that we wanted something to happen to him, but that's just the way the streets go. No doubt, man. You know, like I say, man, you know, uh, some shit you got to leave alone. You know, um, it will be consequences and repercussions. You know, it ain't all sweet out here, man. I know social media, believe y'all, that some people can get on, talk all the shit they want, and it's never an issue, man. But that might not be your particular situation, you know. So just be careful out here on, you know, what you're posting, what you're doing, man. And me and Alex Alonzo are going to be right here to, you know what I mean, give our thoughts and opinions on it. Uh, anything you got uh, coming up on, on your channel, FG Unleashed? No, I got some things in the work, but right now I don't, man. I've been focusing on streets and scholars, man, you know, trying to get you to put these clips out a little faster, man, you know. But at the same time, I know you're a busy guy over there, man. You know, I think they like the clips, but at the same time, we even without the clips, you know, log in to Spotify, log in to, you know, all the podcast platforms, man, and, and come check us out on uh, Streets and Scholars, man, the podcast. 
Definitely. And if you're listening to us on Apple, leave us a rating and a review. Uh, you could even ask us a question there. Also, we have the uh, Instagram page, Streets and Scholars. It's actually streets.and.scholars. Uh, what's your uh, Instagram? I'm over there at F General One on Instagram, F General One on Instagram. Uh, people tapping in every day, actually, you know, so much I can't keep up, but I'm, I'm trying my best. You know, we're going to bring some of that dialogue to, uh, like I said, we're going to dedicate one show, Alex, to, you know, Instagram, you know, what we getting on Streets and Scholars, what we getting over there at uh, Street TV, and what we getting over there at StreetGangs.com and all those things, and, uh, and, and do a show off the comments that we get. Definitely. And and most people could reach me at Alex Alonso 101. I'm on Twitter. I'm on uh, Facebook and on the YouTube channel. Tap in uh, with Street TV. And next week we'll uh, talk. We'll, we'll give an update on the Tory Lanez case. Uh, he's due back in court next week. He hasn't been sentenced yet and uh, he's going to be sentenced soon. We don't have an exact date on that, but that's coming soon. And thanks for tapping in with another fire episode of Streets and Scholars. Thank you.